is great, we can do even better than that. We are glad you are with us. Every Sunday, 9, 11 o'clock, midweek service, Wednesday, 6.30, great youth pastors, children's pastors, awesome nursery, teaching your children. If you don't have a church, you stay right where you are. We would love to have you. Good to see all of you in the house of the Lord today. As I said earlier, Pastor Pam sends her love, and uh, I knew how much I loved her. I just wasn't sure how much I was going to miss her. I really miss her. It's been uh, two weeks, another week to go. I told her the other day on the phone, unless God intercedes, you're not going for three weeks anymore. But uh, Anyway, they're finishing up in, uh, in Perth, Australia, and I, I just think it's so interesting. Her dad was stationed on the USS Saratoga in Perth, Australia during World War II. And that's exactly where she is. And uh, tomorrow they have a free day. It's almost uh, noon there, or midnight now. And then they uh, fly after tomorrow's free day into Manila. They'll be ministering for about five or six days straight and then back home again. So uh, continue to pray for her. Good to have all of you here. How many of you like to laugh? Every hand should be up. Annabelle, didn't see your hand up. <laughs> joy is, joy, uh, the joy of the Lord is our strength, really. And I heard this story, and I thought it was so cute. Two little boys were coming home from church. They were about 10 years old. One little boy turned to the other boy, and he said, what did you think about that message and what they were teaching us about the devil? And the one boy looked at the other boy, and he said, well, you know, it's probably like Santa Claus. He's dad, too. <laughs> You'll get that in a minute. Okay. The first service got that a lot better. Maybe I didn't say it right. Okay, get your Bible out and let's say it. The Word of God is true. If I live the Word, I will be blessed. And if I don't, I won't. It's just that simple. Tell your neighbor it is just that simple. Hallelujah. Good to have all of you here in the house of the Lord. If you have your uh, Bibles, we're, we're primarily going to be in Mark, Mark chapter 4. So if you want to <clears throat> turn there, God has a wonderful plan for each and every one of our lives. I want to encourage you to stay active and stay informed in what all is going on in the, in the world. Stay active and be informed and, and call your congressman when you feel that there's something you need to call them about. I encourage all of you to continue to call Senator Donnelly. Tell him that the Iran nuclear deal is not a good deal for anyone in the world, let alone America or Israel. And uh, tell him to continue to push for an investigation of Planned Parenthood, which he has. And uh, <clears throat> we need to be active in the body of Christ. However, everybody say however. however. <clears throat> we also don't need to focus on the negative. We need to focus on the positive. And the Word of God says in John chapter 10, verse 10, that I, the thief comes to kill, steal, and to destroy. That's the devil. But I have come to give life and give it more abundantly. And that abundance means in the area of finances. It means in the area of, of direction. It means in every area of your life, God wants you to have abundance. So it says a few see more than enough for whatever you have need of, God wants you to have abundance. So as we continue 
to enter closer and closer into the end times, know this, the enemy will rear his ugly head and everything that Jesus said would come and the prophetic words that would come will come, but we have abundance for every good work. And we are going through this victorious. We are going to accomplish everything that God has for us to accomplish. And God's got a plan and a purpose for your life. Don and Lisa, we have not, we have not introduced this newest member of our church to our Sunday crowd. I just saw you guys back there. Why don't we do that right now? This is our newest member, Ziana, and she is probably about two weeks old. Is that right? Yeah, Tuesday. 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 Mom, give, tell, tell everybody. I know you did this Wednesday, but let's do it today. So she was seven uh, pounds, three ounces, 19 and three quarter inches. Um, born on 818, and um, I think that's it. <laughs> uh, she is gorgeous. She is gorgeous. Can you all see her? Father, we thank you for Ziana, and we thank you for this precious gift. And as we prayed Wednesday night, of all of the people on the face of this earth, you saw fit to give her to Don and Lisa. And we thank you for the wonderful plan for you have for Ziana's life. In Jesus' name. Amen. Great job. Great job, guys. <clears throat> now, we're going to be talking about how our focus needs to be, our focus needs to be upon what God is speaking to us. And we're not looking at, at the devil and all the things that he wants to do and is trying to do, but we know that we have abundance for every good work that he's called us to do. And, and we're going to be reading in Mark chapter 4 about how there was a point in time when Jesus was ministering and he talked to the disciples and he said, let's all get in the boat. We're going to go to the other side. And that once we have the word from God, then the issue should be finished. But there are storms in life that come in all of our lives. And the message today is how to navigate the storms of life. Every single one of you here today are either in the midst of a storm, have gone through a storm, or will go through a storm again sometime, possibly soon. And if you're ready and know that you're following what God has shown you to do, you're in the boat that you're supposed to be in, you're going to move forward and accomplish what God wants you to have. Let me see the hands of all the people. You've either been in a storm, you are in a storm, or you know what I'm talking about. And what happens it can shake your confidence if you don't know what God has spoken to you. And I shared a couple of examples in the first service. One of, one of my heroes in, in faith was Oral Roberts. And I, I, I met him once. I didn't know Oral Roberts, but I met him once. He's with the Lord now. But, but in the height of his ministry when he was ministering around the world and at one time not in this day and age we live in now but at one time he and and a couple of others probably ministered to more people around the world than anyone he was one of the first innovators to use television for the gospel but through all of this and 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 building everything that was being done in Tulsa and, and the tremendous movement of his ministry his oldest son who they thought would be the person who would take over the ministry eventually, came home from Vietnam and killed himself, uh, committed suicide there in Tulsa. And here's a man serving God and doing everything that he feels he's called of God to do, and his, his son kills himself. 
And then shortly after that, uh, his daughter and son-in-law were in a plane crash, and they both died, and they had to go tell their young children that your your parents aren't coming home. They they went to heaven. I remember reading the story, and, and, and in his information, one of his books, I forget which one it was right now, but it said it was one of the hardest things he'd ever done in his life. And one of the children was four years old and asked Evelyn Oro's wife, when she said, your, your parents now live in heaven, the little child said, well, does heaven have a floor? And it was just such a, a poignant moment that Evelyn Roberts took that and wrote a book for little children. Heaven, does heaven have a floor? And through all of that, <clears throat> there was only one thing that they could do. And someone asked them, said, how can you continue on serving God and being what God has called you to be in light of everything that you're experiencing? And I'll never forget his response. It was just so powerful. He said, where would I turn if I turned from God? Who could I turn to? There, there are no alternatives. Do I not understand this? No, I don't understand it. You know, the Word of God says we lean not to our own understanding, but in all of our ways we acknowledge Him and He will direct our steps. Can I see the hands of all the people? There are things that happen you don't understand, and my hand is raised too. I don't understand. I have a shelf in my mind, and it is a shelf full of God. Maybe someday you'll show me. Maybe I'll never know, but I do not understand this. I remember standing with Billy Joe. Uh, talking to him, Pastor Doherty, a man who influenced my life tremendously. And it was in Washington, D.C. at a meeting, and we were standing there, just the two of us. I probably never had much time alone with him, but this was just a poignant moment. And as I was talking with him, I knew he was battling for his life with cancer. And, and as I was talking with him, uh, I, I heard, I still feel that in my spirit, I heard these words, you'll, you'll not see him again you'll not see him again. And I thought, well, no, we're all praying for his healing. That has to be a word from the devil. But it didn't feel like a word from the devil. It felt like a word from the Lord saying he's coming on home. I don't understand that. He preached healing all around the world. And signs, wonders, and miracles followed his healing. Yet he went out of this world by, he did succumb to that particular disease. But I believe God lifted him up out of this world and took him to heaven. I don't understand that. But if we lean to our own understanding, then we're going to acknowledge the enemy and it's going to cause confusion in our life. Every single one of us from time to time have had confusion based on where our focus should have been. And in the book of Mark, what we're going to read here is what God told the disciples when he said, what Jesus told the disciples when he said, I want you to get into the boat. And let's go to the other side. They're going to cross a body of water. They're going to go to the other side. We know by reading the rest of the story that there was a demoniac that was healed instantly when they arrived by Jesus. But that was their assignment from God. And you and I have an assignment from God. But what happens to us many times is when the storms come, they have a tendency sometimes to shake our confidence. And when that storm comes, we sometimes, instead of focusing on what God said, we can start to look at the focus of the storm, of the things that aren't going quite right. 
most of you have been around here for quite some time and, 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 and know of our outreach in the Sudan and <clears throat> what all has been done over there. By the way, the Su- Sudanese government has signed a peace treaty with the faction of government where they've been warring over there, and thank God, we need to praise God for that. Looks like peace is going to settle in again over there. But when when we first went over there, and just before we went over, how many of you realize that one of the biggest challenges you have is fear of failure and fear of finances? You say, can I, everybody say amen if that's you, if I'm talking to you? And that's one of the biggest challenges all of us have, the fear of failure, the fear, fear of finances, did I make the wrong decision, whatever? And, and I remember talking to uh, uh, Stanley and the other gentlemen involved at that time, and, and they didn't have an orphanage, but I saw a piece of paper, and they said they wanted to build an orphanage. And instantly in my heart, I heard, help them. And I thought, well, what do they need? Well, they needed $12,000 to build a dorm over there. And how many of you remember, how many of you were around when we first started that? And that, that dorm is still there. Now, since then, we have five other dorms, and they're beautiful, beautiful dorms. The first dorm that we built is still there. It looks horrible. And I asked Stanley, I said, Stanley, why don't you knock that down? He said, no, no, that shows us where we come from to where we are. And I said, yeah, but it says Victory Christian Center right across it. And so does the beautiful dorm over there says victory christian center he said no we're gonna we're gonna keep that up it shows us where we've come from to where we are today and and that's fine but some of you remember that 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 i'm i made a commitment for to give them twelve thousand dollars and we didn't have it now it's one thing to make a commitment with what you have and it's another thing to make a commitment with what you don't have and when we made that commitment for $12,000, we didn't have $12,000. As a matter of fact, the ministry was in probably one of the tightest spots it had ever been in. It was not the time when you would think about spending money. It's the time that in the natural realm, you would think about hoarding, saving, or, or not doing anything. But I felt like that was a word from the Lord. And so we decided to have, uh, I prayed about it, and I, I felt like the Lord said, have a golf tournament. So we, we uh, got uh, our, our son, John, and, uh, and I said, John, we're going to have a golf tournament. We need to raise $12,000. And he said, that's, that's a lot of money to raise for a golf tournament. I said, well, we're going to do it. And he said, what are we going to do? And I said, well, we'll get the ravines. And uh, he said, who's going to be in charge of it? And I said, you are. And he said, why am I in charge of it? And I said, because you know how to play golf. And uh, so he took charge of it. And uh, he, he he really, he and Elizabeth and a bunch of other people put it all together. Between the time we started that project and the night of the golf tournament, I was concerned because I had said we would give them $12,000. I had no idea how it was going to happen other than have a golf tournament. And the night of that golf tournament, we had eleven thousand dollars can you say amen to that we had eleven thousand dollars that came in to build that first dorm i was excited i was ready to accept it and take it and go with it and we were fine and i'd gone to walmart that night to pick something up and a lady walked in some of you've heard this story a lady walked in Hi, Bill. How are you doing? I'd known her, uh, and an older woman. And so she's, she's standing there talking to me, and, and she said, what are you up to? And I said, well, we're getting ready for a golf tournament tomorrow morning. We're going to build an orphanage over in the Sudan. That's all I told her. And she said, oh, my grandson plays golf. Can he play? 
And I said, well, sure. And he was with her. And uh, so we told him what time to be there. And he showed up that morning. And as he showed up that morning, he got in his golf cart. And then he got back out and he came over to where I was. And he said, oh, my grandma told me to give you this and handed me an envelope with a thousand dollars in the envelope can you say glory to god everything we had needed for that was there at that time it's okay to clap your hands by the way god loves to be praised he really does now god will always come through if you get in the boat where he wants you to get in and go where he wants you to go and in this particular passage of scripture, it talks about how God was directing through his son Jesus for the disciples to go to the other side. There was a mission for them. There was a plan for them. There was a purpose for their life. If you love God with all of your heart, with all of your mind, with all of your soul, and with all of your strength, your whole life is going to be devoted to God, what do you say? God, what do you want me to do? God, what is your plan? God, tell me. God, show me. You think less and follow more. Because then you know you're on a mission for God. And then when you add faith to that, because faith pleases God, because God knows he's going to get all the glory. You, if, if we had $12,000 in the bank and we gave him $12,000, I would give glory to God, but that didn't take much effort. We have it. But when you give based on the leading of the Holy Spirit and you don't know how you're going to do it or you go or flow where God wants you to go, that takes faith in God and faith works by love. That's Galatians 5, 6. So when you couple, I love God with every part of my being. My faith is based on my love for God and the word of God. So therefore, if God says it, it settles the issue. You say amen to that. Now, in the book of Mark, chapter 4, Jesus said, let's go, let us cross over to the other side. And so when they left the multitude, they took him along in the boat as he was, and other little boats were also with him. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves beat against the boat so that it was already filling. But he was in the stern asleep on a pillow. And they awoke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? Nobody said they were perishing. That was their thought process. Then he arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. And he said to them, Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And then they feared exceedingly and said to one another, How can this be? Psalms 107:29 talks about the Lord and how he rebukes the storm and how he rebukes those things that come against us. You and I are on assignment from God on this earth. And what happens when you start for God, whether it's in your little... How many of you have ever flown before? Can I see your hands? How many of you have ever flown and you ended up in a storm? Get a bumpy ride. You know, in, in, in an aircraft, they'll always try to uh, divert and go around a storm. If they can, sometimes they can't. They'll have to go through a storm, and it can be a bumpy ride. But it doesn't matter what the storm is. The object is to get through the storm and not bail out in the midst of that storm. Storms come, storms go. Every single one of us have experienced the storms of life. Whether you're in a boat going across the sea or in an airplane carrier or whatever, or whatever it is that you're doing, the storm can break out at any minute. I remember that when Pam and I 
first got together and, and, and married and took the, the three children, her three children, our three children, to Tulsa. And at that time, all I knew, I, I, I can so relate to this scripture, go to Tulsa and you'll find the meaning for your life. Well, I really didn't have the ability financially to go to Tulsa, but I was following the leading of the Lord. And when I got to Tulsa, I found out that I still didn't have any financial ability, but I was following the leading of the Lord. And there were times out there when the storm clouds were coming because the devil wanted to stop God's plan. But as we continued to push through and get the breakthrough, I saw time and time again how God's hand came through. I saw like Kelson said in the first service, somebody flying him to, to uh, uh, Hawaii, uh, somebody giving us a car, just saying, God told me to give you this car. You started to see those things that happen even in the midst of a storm. The most, the, what happens to a lot of people is they want to bail out in the midst of a storm. This week, and I want you to pray for the Phillips family, but, uh, well, last week, if you count Sundays the first day, but, uh, Last week, uh, Alvis Phillips died suddenly. Now, some of you might not know who Alvis is, but he used to come to this church on a fairly regular basis. Uh, he was still a member of our church, but he hadn't been here for about eight months. And uh, at 31 years of age, his life ended suddenly. And that family is in a tremendous storm at this moment. We had a wonderful service Thursday night at Fisher Funeral Home and, and, and really encouraging the family that Jesus came in the midst of a storm to heal the brokenhearted and that somehow, some way, you'll be able to get through this storm. Sometimes we have a tendency to look at the storm, the things that are going wrong in our life, instead of at what God has told us. And as I was praying about this message, Storms are everywhere. They come, they go. Sometimes they're expected, sometimes unexpected. Sometimes we prepare for them. Sometimes we're totally unprepared. Sometimes we go through the storm. Sometimes it seems like we fall apart in the storm. Sometimes the storm is caused by things beyond our control. Sometimes we cause the storm. The severity of the storm varies based on our perception of it. Our perception of the storms in life should be based on the Word of God, His abilities, not ours. I can tell you, I have gone through storms that were caused by other people, and God was with me in the boat in the midst of the storm. I've gone through storms I caused, and God was with me in the midst of the storm that I caused. So whatever it is that you're facing, God is with you right in the midst of that. And what we have to do is focus on what did God say. Anytime you have a financial need, you know that the Word of God says that you have abundance. You can go to your checkbook and you can see the storm. Or you can look at the Word of God and say, I have what the Word of God says. I have what the Word of God says. The Word of God says in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 8, we have abundance for every good work. No matter what it is that we're called today we, to do, we have abundance. Mike and Michelle launched a prison ministry. 
they're doing a great job out there. Every once in a while, my guess is it could use a little more financial flow into their ministry. I haven't seen a ministry yet that couldn't. But yet they already have it. They have abundance because they're planting seed and they know that they have abundance for every good work and that God will give us that seed and that he will give us that seed that we plant and then it multiplies back, pressed down, shaken together and running over so that every need that we have is met. So turn to your neighbor and tell them, I have abundance. When you're going through a storm in your life and you need healing in your body, you're healed by the stripes of Jesus. You know, I know some people look at me and they think, well, well, you talk about divine healing. And if you need healing in your body, we're going to talk about it in, in just a few moments. But, you know, several years ago, I went through a storm when I went to the hospital, and they said, your heart's not working right. You got blockage. You need two stents. And I said, well, stick them in there, and I, you know, I go on. And, uh, and, and so they did, and, and I went on. And then, you know, for two or three years, everything was fine. Then they go back in there, and they say, hey, you need six more stents. I didn't know you could have eight stents in your body. Uh-huh. Now, it's not, God's, it's not God's will that you have to have eight stints in your body, okay? Because some of the storm I cause myself. You take care of yourself, your body will take care of you. But who's in your source when you have a health problem? The Lord is. He's in the boat with you. Tell your neighbor, the Lord's always in the boat with you. So we confess we are healed by the stripes of Jesus. And then your natural understanding says, well, then why do you have eight stents? Because God showed somebody how to develop stents, and I'm glad he did, because they're really helpful, and they help the blood go where it needs to go. So, see, it doesn't matter what we look at. You want to look at the storm, or you want to look at the, at the plan of God for your life? We're all going to end down here sometime. Whether the rapture comes or however it's going to be, we're all going to heaven. Turn to your name and say, you're going to heaven if you know Jesus. And I'm not going to ask you to tell them, but if you don't, you're going somewhere else. Uh, Jesus came so that we would have him in the boat with us all of the time. And that no matter what we face, no matter what situation, he's with us. And he went on to say, you know, you, you guys have little fear. They were fearful of the storm. Now, I know that some people preach this, that they could have rebuked the storm. Maybe they could, maybe they couldn't. I don't know. But I do know this. That whether you rebuke a storm or whether you believe you can go through the storm, either way, Jesus is in the boat with you. And that if you rebuke a storm and it doesn't leave, just keep right on moving through it. Don't stop in the middle of it and don't get out of your boat thinking that water's in the boat. You can sail a boat with water in it. You just have to be bailing it out and not let it fill the whole boat. But the fact that there's a storm does not mean you've missed God. The fact that you're in a storm does not mean that you need to be fearful and anxious and have doubt and unbelief. When you get into the storm, you need to be tenacious. You need to focus on what God said and move forth. Shortly after that $12,000 with the Sudan, I was talking to Pastor Stanley one day. We we're in the Sudan, and there were just children everywhere, and we just couldn't bring have enough to take care of all these children. And I just, out of my mouth, I never gave it a thought from myself I said, well, Stanley, what would you do with $50,000? And I said, where, where are you going to get $50,000? I said, I don't know. What would you do with it? He said, well, I'd use it. and We could build three, th- two or three more dorms real quickly. And I said, okay, we'll do it. 
I said, have you ever, can, have, have you ever had that happen to you? You say something out your mouth and it's like you hear it for the first time. And when I said it, it was kind of like going to the other side. It's like, why did I say that? Was that really you, God? Because it's not a question of whether or not you want to do it. It would glorify God and it would help all the children. But it was a question of that really came from somewhere and I'm not sure what. And I remember coming back. And some of you were involved in that whole project. But uh, to God, I said that we would commit and, and, and get $50,000 to them. We don't have it. Now, if you always do what you have, you probably will never go to the other side. Does that make sense? Because you'll say, well, I, this is all I can afford to do. No, we're not looking at what we can afford to do. We're looking at what he can afford to do based on his leading. And he is a God of abundance. So whatever happens in these end times, it's going to happen, but it's not going to affect my assignment by God. Turn to your neighbor and say, the end times will not affect your assignment from God. God has you on assignment down here. God has you on assignment. And no matter what happens in the end times, we're going to have, we're going to have abundance if we're positioned and doing what God has called us to do. And I remember coming back and and, and sharing with the people and saying, well, well, first of all, I shared with Pam and, and her response was just like mine was. Where are we going to get $50,000? I said, I don't know, but God's got a lot of money. Tell your neighbor God's got a lot of money. So God's got a lot of money, but I don't know how to get it. And uh, so, so we're, we're back here and, and I'm driving down the road one day. I think I'm out behind Walmart praying. I'm not sure. But, but anyway, I was out there praying and I heard miniature golf, miniature golf, putt-putt. I thought, okay, how many of you are involved in that outreach? Thank God for all of you. And uh, so, so anyway, it's just putt-putt. So, so I go out to the putt-putt golf course, and uh, when it was there, it's gone now. And I, and I go out to this putt-putt golf course, and I talk to the owner of the franchise, and I say, hey, uh, what would it cost to rent this on a Saturday? We'll take over everything. We'll do everything ourselves. He said, well, uh, everything? You don't want me involved? And I said, no, we'll do it all. He said, well about $500. And I thought, well, that's a great deal. $500. That's not bad. And he said, how much are you planning to raise? And I said, $50,000. So it can't be done. He said, that's, nobody ever raised that kind of money. He said, most money that's ever been raised out of here is about $5,000. I said, oh, great. I'm glad you're in agreement. No, I didn't <laughs> say that. But I thought, okay, as long as he's gone, he's, he's out of there, we're going to run the whole show ourselves. So we took over the whole thing, and, and a bunch of guys got involved, and girls and ladies and kids, and everybody got involved. The journal and courier got involved. Everybody helped us. And the night when we ended that at about 9 p.m., 10 p.m., we had $50,000 and some change. Oh, glory to God. Yeah, give the Lord a hand. Now... That had nothing to do with me. It had nothing to do with the people that worked hard to make it happen, although thank God for every one of them, but it had everything to do with God. That was his plan. That was his purpose. He wanted it done. And when we had the $50,000 and we were able to get it all through to the Sudan, it came in because God is a God of abundance. And if we don't get out of the boat, now, I can tell you that now, and it's just really exciting. We had a thermometer over there for the $50,000. It moved slow. It moved in slow motion. 1,000, 2,000, 3,000. I just really almost went wacko trying to watch that thing and it didn't help a bit. And I can tell you right now, there were times I thought maybe I missed it. I made a mistake. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Okay, the storm clouds are coming. 
this isn't working out right, this isn't working out right, this person doesn't like this, etc., etc., etc. You can focus on the storm or you can focus on what God said. And I've learned this the hard way. I'm focusing on what God said. And if the ship's going to sink, I'll go down with the ship, but I'm focusing on what God said. When we get tenacious like that, we will break through the storm. Whether the storm dissipates when we command it to go or whether it stays, either way, we're moving to the other side where God wants us to go, and we're doing it for the glory of God. The Word of God says in Luke chapter 4, verse 18, and I'm sharing this at the service with the people Thursday. Jesus came to heal the brokenhearted. And everywhere that you go, people have been shipwrecked. Something has just devastated them. And they're off to the side of the road. The ship sunk. The ship went ashore. The ship got grounded, whatever. Whatever vehicle or whatever mode, something happened that they didn't plan on. Uh, Divorce, devastation, death, sickness, disease, things that, that you just didn't think would happen, and it happened. People are out there, and they're brokenhearted, and they're like the demoniac. They're on the other side of where we're called to go. And if we'll cross over, that demoniac was set free. Chains couldn't even hold that demoniac. But when Jesus got there, one word, and he was free because he weathered the storm, and the disciples went with Jesus to the other side. You will never know what weathering the storm will do in your life to touch somebody else. I don't say this to bring any attention to Pam and I, but we weathered a lot of storms in the very beginning of our marriage. Storm after storm after storm. Internal revenue service, money challenges, disappointments from people, all sorts of things, and things I caused myself. But by weathering the storm, you stay in the direction and you stay on the ship that God has you, and you will eventually get somewhere where you'll be able to help people heal their broken heart because Jesus will use you as a catalyst. And I want us to stand to our feet because I want to close with this scripture. It's in the book of uh, Luke, and uh, uh, excuse me, it's in uh, Romans chapter 8. It says, all things, uh, Romans 8, 28, all things work together to those who love God and are called according to his purpose. And that no matter how devastating the situation is in your life, no matter how it just looks impossible, nothing is impossible with God. And if you'll follow the direction that He has for you, everything that you have ever faced in those storms that have broken your heart, I know, I know what it's like to have a broken heart. You can't fix it yourself. People can't fix it for you. Jesus can heal your broken heart. And that's what it's all about. Being a vessel for God to be all that he's called you to be. And what will happen is if you will learn how to navigate the storms of life, you'll become strengthened and strengthened and strengthened to help others. And the very storms that you go through, God will send people across your path that are going through the same thing you have gone through and it will amaze you at how similar their story is to what you're about to tell them that will help them be set free. Would you bow your heads with me just for a moment? I want to ask you the most important question you will ever answer in your life. 
Do you know if you died today, you would go to be with Jesus? And if you're here and you're not sure, I have good news for you. Jesus, by the power of his spirit, is calling you to him right now as I speak. You may be here and you may be like a prodigal son, a prodigal child. You know that you have drifted away from the things of God. I have good news for you. God loves you and by his spirit, he's calling you back to him. All over this church, if I have described you, I want to pray for you. I'm going to ask you just to slip your hand in the air. You say, Pastor, you just described me. Yes, I see your hand over here. Yes, I see your hand back here. Are there others? You'd say, I, yes, I see your hand right here, ma'am. Yes, all the way back there. Yes, sir, I see your hand. See, the Holy Spirit is speaking to you right now. If we're describing you, God loves you. God has a plan for your life. We're going to take just another moment. Are there others who say, pray for me? I know my life is not right with God. Hallelujah. Those of you that lifted your hands, yes, I see your hand all the way back there in the back. Yes. Those of you that lifted your hands, would you quickly come down here with me? Right here in this section, this section, all the way back there, young lady. Lady there in this center section, yeah. Give them a hand as they come. Might have been one more lady back there, I'm not sure. Yeah, keep applauding. Ministering angels, angels in heaven are rejoicing right now. Stretch your hands out here toward this, at this altar. We thank God for you being here today. God has a wonderful plan you're in a place where you're going to find a lot of friends if this is your church. We are glad you're here today. Let's pray this prayer together. Yeah, I thought so. Give this young guy a hand. I thought so. I saw that back there. Didn't want to embarrass you, buddy. Okay. Stretch your hands out here toward him. How old are you? You're a good looking guy. God's got a great plan for your life. Stretch your hands out here. Let's pray this prayer right now. Jesus. Repeat this after me. Jesus. I believe that you are the Son of God. I believe you died for me. I've sinned and I've made mistakes. But today, I acknowledge you as my Lord and Savior. I ask you to come into my heart take control of my life. The true desire of my heart is to be whatever you've called me to be. I thank you that you turn around every storm that I've been in. And I thank you that you turn around every storm that I am in. That you would heal my broken heart. And that you would show me the plan and the purpose for my life. I pray this in your precious name everybody said. Let's give the Lord a hand again. Would you all just for a moment turn to your left. Sandy, come on and help them. Give them some instructions here. Now, before we're dismissed, how many of you are here today and you are in the midst of a storm? Can I see your hands? Lift them up real high there. 
In other words, you need a breakthrough. Quickly come down to the altar. You're in the midst of a storm. This is a time when I believe God wants to break the chains off of you, just like he broke the chains off the demoniac. Stretch your hands out here, and let's begin to worship the Lord as we pray. I want you to see this story all the way down here, ushers. Help us. I want you to see whatever that storm is. I want you to see yourself going through it. Can the storm end tonight? Yes. Or can you go through the storm? Yes. Either way. Stretch your hands out here toward these at this altar. 